0: Hello and welcome back to DP World Tour Picks and Bets. We are back with another event here, Skyler Hoke. Uh, Tom Jacobs, how are we doing, my friend?
1: I'm good. Yeah, it's good. It's actually quite refreshing looking at this field and seeing a long book of course form and a decent period of consecutive current form and being able to trust the numbers. Like, it's been a while, right? It's, it's not something that's, a, that's a, a trio we've not been able to rely on. So it feels like a, a real event.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited. This is a good little stretch that we get into here leading up to the Open Championship and I think um, with the Book of Forum we get, we get a good list of golfers in the field, some that obviously heated up in the U.S. Open, some that are playing uh, on the other golf tour out there. Um, I think we have to, before we really even dive into the show, kind of address both of those. I mean, U.S. Open yesterday, one of our, one of our own. I guess we could classify one of your own for sure. You know, I oh. try to, you know, come in with the DP World Tour angle, but man, uh, Fitzy was electric. That was one of the best days, if not the best day of golf that, you know, I can really remember watching
1: no I I, honestly I didn't get to see much because I was was away for the first couple of days so I didn't get to see the opening of it but everyone was talking about how good golf course was and you know there was always the pre-week talk of of Fitz obviously winning the US Amateur there before and you know I just couldn't buy the price which is fine like sometimes it's just a guy at a number that you say no to and you know everyone kind of steams in and I'm glad you kind of stuck with it and, and got your winning bet on him but like to me, like it was actually quite refreshing. I never want to lose bets, right? But like by Sunday, I had absolutely no chance. It was it was over, right? So all I had to do was just sit there and just cheer on Fitzpatrick, which is not a position I've generally been in. Like if if he's been playing, it's normally against someone that I I like or have bet on. And uh, you know, basically, I had two chances of either Fitzpatrick or Zalatoris winning, and both of them would have been you know just just deserved really. So um, electric, you know, performance from from Fitz, really good from Zalatoris for the most part. Um, again, just very, very unlucky. Putt just didn't go in right. uh Not even a bad putt. Um, Fitz is, you know, his the work on his game has paid off. Like I think, I think he took the whole of January off. Um, Billy Foster was, you know, very clear on on how hard he works. His family said the same thing. Uh, If if Alex Fitzpatrick isn't any good at golf, he's gonna be very good at speaking in the future because he uh, took over those interviews quite well. Um. But yeah, I just I just think he deserved it, right? I think he was he deserved to win, and I think we've probably said a couple of times on this show and on, on Lost Words as well that like he was just as likely to win a major as he was a PGA tournament. I don't think he was ever like, oh my god, he can't win a major. It was just like he just needs to get out of the line, and it just happened to be last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, every just everything led to to that. I mean, you can just build it up, and I think that I listen a lot to Andy Johnson, uh, Shotgun Start, Friday Egg stuff, and just the elevation of game of both those two guys you know that isn't happening on the tour that you know they they both obviously have one but the ability i mean they're the best players there they were no doubt one two and scotty of course you know right there and just to, to show that next level the majors that they are that can't really be shown week in and week out on the tour maybe it could and maybe they're just you know i mean tiger is basically the only one that really did, did that but it's just such a a unique thing to see in the majors and, and trust those guys almost more if if not more than than the the guys ranked ahead of them in the world. You know, there's probably not much more you about one two going into uh the open championship than, than both of those guys.
1: Yeah. I think Joe, you know, like I said this about the US Open before like the start of the week. Like it generally seems to give off the most reflective leaderboards of of what we've seen. And certainly the top five. I mean, you've got Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, Salatoris, Hideki, Rory, Morikawa. i throw Bradley into the mix because, you know, he's been playing really good golf this season, hit the ball well. You know, there was a couple of surprises with, you know, McCarthy, Damon, but like Hadwin and Woodland are very solid. And like, it, it generally just seems to give us the best representation. Whereas I think like an open can get a little bit quirky because of, you know, uh, wave splits and you know the Masters generally goes to people that have played there x amount of times and you know PGA is a, a different test from every time so I think the US Open is a real staple of just giving us the best kind of players and you know your guy Guido had a had a great finish of a 66 on Sunday so uh he obviously likes those US Opens.
0: Man, I mean that was I mean I guess Hideki bested him but like one of the rounds of the tournament I mean it was uh, unbelievable and, and just truthfully out of literally nowhere i mean why he finished t10 for us a few weeks ago and outside of that just i think i tweeted it was last 20 starts he had one top 30 finish going in so making it
1: was
0: huge yeah and here we are. I, I'm in now. Now I got to bet them. You know, of course, Scottish. Of course, Open Championship. I mean, every week here on, there was there was like deep numbers already for the Open Championship. I'm like, oh, I take a little double look there. We're we're right back into full Guido season. Um, and I think we can transition, you know, from from the major championship into probably what's going to continue to be one of the, I guess, headlines and always going to be almost a little bit of, uh, you know, a stain and on, on kind of the atmosphere going around of some of the best golf being played is how Live Golf Tour um, is currently bringing in the best of the best in the world or some of the top of the world and how that's impacting, you know, our guys here in the DP World Tour. And some got to play, some will continue to be over there. Some probably got one shot at it and, and maybe never again. Um, but kind of what's your take, And not even on the whole thing at all. It's just more or less how is impacting our dp world tour and where do we go from here
1: Uh, there's an opportunity for the dp world tour right now and and people that that follow me on twitter and and generally listen to the podcast will know i'm a little bit not i've never been pro the tour and and then the people that back it but like the players like i think some of the players just deserve to take the opportunity that's been you know presented to them and i find it really hard to argue with that and um you know, especially like Richard Bland. Like, what was he going to do for the next two years of his career before the Champions Tour? This is just a great window to do it, right? So, um, but that aside, like, the DP World Tour has been in a bad place. We've been we've been commenting on it every week. Uh I've probably been a little bit more pessimistic than you, but that's because you're American and I'm English. That's just you know nature's taking course. Um They can they've got the opportunity to have a lit the, the guys play. Um, which is basically what I think they're going to do. Uh, he, Keith pelley has been quiet for a very, very long time. There was rumours that he met up with uh, representatives of the the live tour. Uh, they're obviously in the field this week. Now I think that was like a, a BMW thing. Like BMW are a massive sponsor on the DP World Tour and Wiesberger and Sergio, and you know they've all been long time players. So I don't think that's a true representation of what to expect. But like you, you threw it towards me that like it's almost a win win because. If they don't let them do that, and it's because the PGA Tour strengthened their alliance with them, um, then then they they win from that as well. I mean, at the moment, I don't think they've benefited from that alliance. And if anything, there's probably half of the European Tour DP World Tour field that actually has probably got their nose out of joint, and that we're playing the Scottish Open. So um, interesting to see how it develops.
0: Yeah, I I was really um, down in the dumps about how this was going to impact the the DP World Tour, thinking of the scenario the best of these guys are going to go there. And if they're not invited there, it's easier for them to get the PGA tour. It just weakens the the field strength overall. And, And now I do view it differently in the, in the sense that there has to be some type of ruling. If they're going to let them play, then you're going to see guys that you would have never seen on the DP world tour, play a handful of events every year. We're going to see, you know, just interesting guys. I mean, imagine Dustin Johnson teaming up at at some of these events. You know, like it's it's you know uh, one of my favorite follows. Um, I'm normally just um, on Twitter. He always watches our show. Like he's just like you know, how's DJ going to prepare for for some of these events that literally you know never in a million years would you imagine. And and if he maybe he's not going to be the guy, but maybe it's you know just more and more down that list of these guys that keep getting announced that we're going to have and it's going to impact this and if not if, if they're choosing to to put their foot down and not having it the only way they're going to say no is if the pga tour like really makes this a partnership not some some little like hey we're we're going to combine a couple of events and and do something like literally nothing like you, you made a great comment in in saying that most of our guys in the DP World Tour are going to struggle to get into the Scottish Open. Like that, that is not what it was meant to be. So, if there can be some type of like free-flowing status or invitations or last top ten on on the European Tour event gets to pop over and play in the PGA Tour, like some type of thing, I mean, that would really make a huge difference. And and so I think it could go both routes. Um, So I, I don't see how it could end up all that negative from the way it has been the last
1: six months. I just think the DP World Tour has been doomed. And that's that's a really horrible thing to say when we're such big fans of it. We, we record a show, but it's just been in such a bad place. Like I think they they handled COVID pretty poorly, which, you know, wasn't wasn't easy, right? Um, they rely very heavily on the Middle East and now obviously trying to take a stance against that. That's, you know, a difficult situation to be in. Um, uh, yeah, that main point, I mean, to, to Peter Uline's credit, I've just done a podcast with him about Live Golf and he was the guy that, that brought up the fact that there's there's a lot of players that are unhappy. They're not going to be able to play. Like he mentioned, Matthew Southgate is a good example. Like this is a guy that lives and breathes links golf, and that's how he keeps his card every year. And he's not going to be in the Scottish Open field. Like, and actually, the, the idea is that the PGA Tour is going to try and take more Rolex Series events as well. So all of a sudden, you're just going to get yes, you're going to get the best of the best from a viewing standpoint. Like, okay, the DP World Tour is a really really strong event, and you've got the Mora the Rory's, the whatever. But, like, you're not getting a separate tour then, almost. And it's, like, we love the DP World Tour because you've got Wiesberger, Dietrich, Peters as leaders sprinkled in with some of the best guys that come in every now and then. And we see the stories of Ryan Fox and it's a prison, and, you know, just just break through, like, Pablo and Raphael, like, for example, like he's not going to have that kind of year these guys are playing regularly. So um, there's a, there's a lot to... To figure out, I think the biggest problem at the moment that I can see is the Ryder Cup. Like, basically every Ryder Cup captain, and there's going to be more to come, uh, is going to be ineligible a- as it stands. Like, Garcia's already over there, Westwood's already over there, Poulter's already over there. Uh, that's three of the next six captains. Uh, the current captain, probably a candidate for for, for the live tour. Uh, that probably leaves Luke Donald for now. I mean, g out. That's another guy out. So who do you put in? I mean, Martin Kimber's is another one. So all of a sudden, where are these captains coming from? Justin Rose, I guess. But he probably still has, um, you know, uh, plans to play it. And uh, it, it just feels like they, there's a reason they haven't made a, an announcement yet.
0: Yeah, oh, a ton of moving parts, a ton of impacts. And, yeah, I think um, going to what you said there, what like the the drive for – the game of golf is different for a, a lot of different people, and in our positions, and to the casual viewers, and and I do think the way it's evolving is is definitely not really good for for the game overall. What's what's really happening, and and struggle to see the the positive sides out of that. But could there be an elevation of this, and and could I just don't want to have the what I love about golf, the not not Zalatoris yesterday. What I loved about golf was was Zao Torres four years ago. Yeah. Like and and Guido when he when he comes up early and Kitayama winning after getting through qualifying school. And like Henny, like Henny changed his life two weeks ago. And that that's awesome. Like that is so good for him. And I and I view those type of guys so differently, taking that opportunity than, than some of the other you know, guys that did because I mean, who, who knows when Henny's gonna get a chance to do something like that? Like that's incredible um, for him. And but but yeah, I mean, I just don't wanna give up the, the path of which these golfers take to, to really tell their story and, and get into those moments that um if that is taken away like that that sucks.
1: It, to me, like I, I agree. Like the thing is like the PJ Tour will like they keep sort of Doom and gloom in it like this is going to ruin the pj tour there's there's a conveyor belt of people that's going to keep coming out of college going to the cornbury tour going to lift all i can't buy everybody so they, they don't want to they only want 48 guys right so there's going to be this conveyor belt. i mean cameron young wouldn't have been someone they would have been targeting two years ago they are now obviously going to try and target him but you know for every Scotty Scheffler, there's another Will's Alatoris that took two years extra to, to get going, right? So there's always going to be these conveyor belt of players coming through there. So I think the PGA Tour's fine. Uh, I think they've got some things to fix, but that's that's on them. Uh, in terms of the DP World Tour, like again, we've got the Challenge Tour, we've got the we've got the DP World Tour for now. Uh, I think Q scores obviously coming back. So like you you've got some avenues into there. There's an alliance with the Euro, uh, the Asian Tour with with Live, where they're going to be playing these international series events. So the week before every single event, there'll be an international series event. Because that was what I didn't understand about Live was like, I said to PG Line like bluntly, like you, you're among the first 50, 48 guys, but once they get all the guys they want, like what happens to you? And the idea is that like, you play these international series events every year, which you have an extended contract on, and then you can play your way into the Live like field so there is opportunities for it this is not a pro-live uh, discussion but more just uh you know that there the, the is some thought to it and I, I just think that the the dp world tour will probably benefit uh, depending on how they go yeah yeah
0: we could we could spend hours you know kind of go, going round and round i have but
1: and it's uh, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't normally end well which is um, you know i think sure. i think the one the one thing that i would say is that like it's very much like politics like if you if you're on the opposite side to, to politics to somebody else you're probably not going to agree. And, uh, you know, I, I always, you know, very gracious that, you know, you're, you're very open-minded. We'll discuss it and, and it won't end in, you know, disappointment or, you know, even argue, we'll never argue, but like, you know, debate. It'll always be like, hey, okay, you, you're on that side of the fence, you're on that side of the fence. And that's fine. Um, mine's just always been about how the players interpret it and, and take those opportunities. So hopefully it means a good thing for us because I think the DP World Tour can get a boost from it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think there's definitely the route that, Good go. So uh, with further, no further ado, let's jump on in. You mentioned off the top, one of the uh, historical events, one one that we see year in and year out with really good fields. Um, one that, you know, has some history at this course. We're going to the BMW International Open. Um, it's going to be at the Munich, what I can read, I believe is how. Um, oh, that's kind of that's great. That's or, definitely or, better than no, done. So I, I believe we saw what well, we saw it last year. Uh, where Victor Havlin won there. And then 2019 um, was the last time this course was played, and about as opposite of a player of Victor Havlin that there is currently, Andrea Pavan um, won here. Um, and so he's Patrick, Victor... by the way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, look at that. You know, long way. We have Matt Wallace winning before that, Andreas Romero. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned off the top, Ryder Cup captain Henrik Stenson, if we look at previous winners here specifically. But We come into the event, um, if you look at the top of the board, Billy Horschel, uh, Memorial Champion, coming off of US Open. What's really interesting is we have a good amount of players that played in the US Open. Um, None of the good ones like even made the weekend, really. Um, Good ones, quote-unquote, some of the guys that we'll talk about a little bit later on the board uh, had a little run at things. But um, I guess if you keep on going down off, top I, I'm very interested down the board. Was there anything that stood out um from the top side of things?
1: Yeah, so to me, I, I just went in on Bur- for east burger and and to be honest it was it was a difficult I say it was difficult. It wasn't a difficult decision. I, I quite liked the price. I saw 25 to 1 or 22 to 1 whatever it is that you can get and I just thought that was fair enough. Like you've got the uh, bonus of, of Horshaw and Ustees and coming over. And you could argue that means that Fiesberger is less likely to win. I'd argue he's probably got exactly the same chance and just gets a slightly boosted price. Um he now comes in behind Peter's Smith and Fox in the market, which I get like Fox is in great form. Peter's obviously showed something at the US Open last week, but like this guy is far and away the best ball striker. I mean you you talk about it all the time, you know, just the way he hits his irons, the way he hits his driver, just perfect. So it, it does hinge on a putting stroke, and the you know I just took it from the fact that he just plays so well in Germany. Like he's got four top seven finishes in his last seven starts in Germany. He's got three fifths, two more top twenties, and you know if, if he just channels some of that, and he must putt well in this part of the world to to achieve those results, right? Um, I think he's someone that could benefit from the fact that week one of the live tour is out of the way. Like he's he's obviously had that hanging over him, knowing the decision was coming. Um, now played it, now been paid, I guess, and, and doesn't have to worry about all those sort of things. Um, will he face some criticism in the crowds? I don't think so. I, I, I don't really see why anyone would would bother in Germany. Um, so I think he's got a great chance of, of coming in contending, especially if he thinks it could be the last time he plays on the dvr or for a while.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting mindset for, for some of those guys and top of the leaderboards kind of littered with them. Um, in some ways, a relief. I'm sure of, of just having it out there over with and you just play and you tee it up and it is what it is. Um, and I guess others, yeah. I mean, I guess there's just, there's no control of what they're doing. They just go and play, you know, maybe yep. they, they continue. I think what, what stood out to me is the, I mean, Horschel because of some of the recent form, I think it's a deserving favorite, but Louie, even, I guess the, the biggest price I think is Sergio's price is just odd. It's very odd. He's been terrible. Uh, and I mean, 28 to one, though, I mean, you're looking at him being longer than Louis, Fox, Smith, Peters, Burned. Just the next person would be, you know, Rasmus would be there. Just, it just feels that, I mean, are we going to see peak Sergio or, or the really good Sergio, even of what we saw last year? Um, 28 to one definitely had me, you know, double, triple taking and being like, okay, but it, it's just been putrid golf from him um and i think enough for me that with the question marks overall i'm just going to be dropping down a little bit deeper i know you you went with a golfer two-time winner if we kept going back a little bit who's been um, elite this season
1: too Pablo i just it's been like fox for the last five or six events where you just go you either feel like he's going to come to an end or you just have to keep backing him right and fox has generally been pretty reliable perez has been pretty reliable and lorafabel's you know, on in a you know great bit of form, probably you would say a career uh, year so far. Um, you know, it, it has to be right. I mean, he won in 2014 and 2015. Uh, one of those was here, but he's got uh, a victory over Sergio Garcia in a playoff here in 2011, which obviously that's a big player like in general but that's also i don't know that he idolizes him or even likes him but like he's the leading spanish golfer of a generation right then you've got henrik stenson that he beats by one stroke in 2015 that's two really elite players this his first four scouts were colin montgomery beat by four strokes in france he beats sergio in a playoff beats roy Macaro and phil Mickelson by a stroke beats Henry stenson by a stroke like more recently, he's beaten Adrian Alistair, Jordan Smith in the playoff, and Adrian Otegi in Spain. But all of those were in really good form. So um, I just thought the price was pretty much too big for someone that you know loves a golf course and is in decent form.
0: Yep, yep. And I think chalking up, um, you know, the the last couple of lead-in events to, to what you said earlier, what was weighing on the mind of these guys before the live announcement, having no idea – you know what they're coming, you can write off probably a couple of those and and get back to where he has been prolific, um, kind of at this course and in this season. I'm starting with a golfer, um kind of digging into the the live golf tour, kind of I mean statistics were terrible. Like you couldn't really find any strokes gain stuff, but watching a little bit um and and almost I mean, Henny's 1A to the week, Oliver Becker, I would almost view as 1B, basically to the season of, of these South African golfers who have really shown up from being challenged for graduates to elite staples on the, the DP World Tour week in and week out, and then playing very, very well in the, in the live golf tour. And I think um, going the week after, like Becker, I mean, Henny was supposed to go to the challenge tour the week after, didn't didn't teed up there. Have have a couple of weeks in between now. Becker's back on the DP World Tour. If you looked at his stroke or his, his fairways and greens and regulation numbers, and even from the eye test, watched a little bit. And he was just putting it to 10, 12 feet and just couldn't make putts. He was really, really striping it. Um, and I think him at 45 um, just feels like in this field, um, I don't know. I, it, you, again, I'm kind of writing off that, that, little weekend before, I guess it was a major for, for him. Um, and then he had missed one other cut, I believe um, at the Dutch open when he was really, really bad outside of that, you know, we've seen him be incredible most of the season. So yeah, 41 was the longest number I saw in Becker. That's kind of where I'm starting.
1: It's really tough, right? So I had Oliver Becker written down and anyone that just looks at OWGR for stats, you're not going to see the fact that you finished sixth at the live event, right? Then you've got the the conundrum of what do you put into a 54 hole shotgun start event? Uh, we're not going to know that until a year down the line, like how important the form is. Um, all the kind of suggestions last week was that they are all really bad at the was open. They were also all put in a in a pretty bad wave. So uh, whether that was a little bit of punishment, I don't know. Um, but the thing with Becker that you can trust is that he was in that good form going into that, like 10th, 2nd, 27th, 4th. And yes, he missed two cuts, but one of them, like you say, was a major. You're just going to expect that from Oliver Becker. Um one miscut you're basically talking about. And you've got a price of 45 as well. And the, the boosted price is the same thing I'm going to say about someone else in a minute, is more to do with the quality strength rather than his the reflection of his form and, and quality. So um he's just getting boosted price because there's better players here now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh hundred percent And I think that that kind of I guess is my overall take kind of on the on the top of the board. I go down deep because of everything going on because of, you know, international travel after U.S. open, because of a lot of things. I, I do think we have some opportunity for some, from longer shots on the board overall, I believe I, I go next. Yeah. If we kind of stay on this kind of path, but I, the price I came running to this morning um, was Nicholas Norgard Muller um, back-to-back 10th place finishes. Um, and I, I I'm remiss. We we didn't we didn't speak after the last event. Um, Scandinavian Mix Open. Shout out Lynn Grant.
1: That was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. Just
0: completely demolishing the field. Good for her. Good for the game of golf for having that happen. I wish it was on a bigger display. They needed that, it got, right?
1: Like yeah. we 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 mentioned, that it needed uh, a female winner, and and it wasn't just a win; it was a, just a complete decimation of the field. And any doubt that people had about different tees, and she won by like nine strokes. So, yeah. <laughs> it and she beat matter. the next
0: lady by fourteen. Like yeah, it, it was,
1: it was like dominant, and yeah. and it was amazing. So yeah, it, it was definitely uh, definitely worth a mention there.
0: Yeah, and so so Nicholas Norgard Muller he had. Gone out quite hot in that event early. I believe it was like 400 through six. And it's like, okay, he was probably one that was on the cusp of, of cards for quite a few people. He had finished 10th the week prior in Germany at the Porsche European Open. Uh, and I mentioned uh, off the top AD, and normally just, he always refers to Moeller as Little Vic. And last winner we saw here, you know, Vic Hovland. So I think um, just potentially if we're going the driving angle and we haven't really even talked how this course can be suited. We've seen a variety of winners. Hobland's probably the most of the anomaly versus some of the other guys being shorter plotters, really good with their short game. Uh, If you think of Romero, if you think of Pablo, of course, um, where you hit fairways and and that overwhelmed by the driver. But um, I think, that can be evolved some of the better driving guys, and not really looking to skill set stack as much as kind of find some value. And, and Moeller stood out. I think he's still as long as um, eighty to one. The last I saw him, yeah, right before we went live here. So yeah, he's he's for me.
1: Yeah, like, I, like you say, to your point about the uh, the skill set, like I purposely didn't mention it just because I think it is so wide ranging. Like I think it's just a course that rewards good form. Um, We've seen that in the past, apart from Andres Romero that was playing horrendously in the league about 300-1 when he won, but like yeah, I'd probably just favour strong iron play over driving distance and accuracy, but like you can get it done anyway, and I think with Nicholas uh, Muller, he just needed a bit of consistency, like he was showing flashes of form for two rounds, three rounds, one round, never really sort of saw it through, but was making plenty of cuts, and then all of a sudden he goes first, 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 tenth, tenth, and you're like, okay, this is an Orgar Miller that we expected to graduate. Uh, again, like Becker, another one that was kind of close to me, uh, I just just took the guys that I thought could, could contend. But like, well, that would sound funny when I go further down the board. But like, he, he just, to me, strikes me as a player that is ready to finish 7th, 8th, 6th. A little bit like probably the discussion about Richard Mansell. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's, I, I'll wait to see it. Uh, but then you'll probably miss the price, which is, which is obviously what you're going for.
0: Yeah, yep. I think um elite talent uh with a lot of upside. Um I I still got a laundry list, so I'm still gonna go next here. Um if we looked at recent form, if we looked at specific recent iron form, uh I would dare argue that nobody has showing it more than than Masashiro Kawamura. Um I think he is, is ending up being a little bit more popular of a selection than anticipated, and maybe it's because literally the last time we saw him was the best irons of his entire career. Um was was really, really good. And then he had a, I think he finished fifth in Stroke Skin approach two weeks prior to that. Kawamura's um an odd one is as I had higher hopes of kind of the way he was playing post COVID. Um I was trying to think, did he nab? I don't think he did win anything, did he? No, he finished second. I believe he lost a Bob in that the Cypress, yeah. Yeah, when when McIntyre went really low on that that Sunday. Um showdown what an event that was (laughs) um but yeah he he, he hasn't taken on to to what i think his upside has been and he'll just have random spike weeks and the fact that we've kind of starting to see that progression really specifically with the irons um just just love it a lot
1: he was just so bad for a a stretch right like he just he finished sixth at the Razel kind 27th and sixth back to back and you thought okay he's gonna sort of continue what he did last season and then all of a sudden 42nd, miscut, 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 44th, miscut. And then all of a sudden, 23rd, 47th, 5th. Like he's just, he is good enough to win. Like He, he has that elite skill set, like you say, that you can rely on, um, just hasn't done it yet. And then, like you say, he's very, very popular. Um, <laughs> what tour did he, he won on like way back in 2013. He, he's won before. I think that must've just been the Japanese tour. So, yeah.
0: Japanese.
1: Um, tour. Yep. Panasonic Open it was. So, but when you look at that, like, event, like, Wai Yang was third, like, Wade Ormsby's seventh, Hun Lee's uh, ninth. Like, he he's beat some guys. Like, I know they're not, you know, elite players and maybe not the best in, in this field, but, like, Wai Yang's a, you know, he, we know everything about him. So, um, I just, I don't know. Like, he's just one of those people, I think, when you start seeing people get popular, you sort of stuff out of them. And, again, he was, like, he was just one of those guys that was on that list. And, if if you take the approach you did with Matthew Spatrick and ignore people making him popular and, and not worry about it, it's probably going to work out all right. So I have nothing negative to say.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, when we talk like a little bit of stretch of form in, in the 80-to-1, 90-to-1 range of a DP World Tour golfer, it's a little bit different than potentially, you know, Fitz showing that he's a top five golfer in the world for about a year. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you never know with Calamora.
1: So we'll We'll see, <laughs> see what could we be, Could be the next Asian major winner. Hey, you, um, speak,
0: you speak of a golfer in red hot form. Um, you almost just throw out two rounds of what happened at the U.S. Open. It's just like, is Marcel Snyder just going to pick up where he left off the last time we saw
1: him? I, I just don't care about the U.S. Open. Like it's same with Oliver Becker. Like it just doesn't matter to me. They're, they're not ready for major contention. Uh, anything they did at a major would have been bonus. So like, we've seen like Fox play well at a major. I, I was kind of hoping Perez was going to do the same last week. Like, these guys have been in the heat of the battle and been in players championships and been in, you know, WGC's and, and these guys haven't. So I just, I really don't care. Like it's a bonus. They got into the field. They've had, a you know, probably had experience of their lifetime. Teed off with probably a couple of the heroes. Um, he's now back to, to where he belongs. And, and he played well last time out when we saw him in Germany in front of his own uh, crowd. And I just all the time, I mean, he was a hundred to one over here when, when I sort of wrote him up and seventh, fourth and fifth, the last three starts, like, and the fifth was in front of his own fans. Like, I just don't. In, until he doesn't do it, like I'm just going to keep backing it. That that's a yeah. full disclosure. Like if he's 80 to one every week and and he's finishing his the top ten, I'm just going to keep doing it. I mean, he won't be when these players go. He'll be 40s. But
0: yeah, something gives. Either either price is going to give or form is going to give, and and you can kind of make the decision. But yeah, he there's no no reason to doubt a lot of these guys based off of. I mean, I. I always get more excitement and higher hopes and probably should for these guys as they go over to two majors and play. I actually thought Manziel was a terrific play last week being how good of a driver he is and what is demanded at the U S open. And he, he was putrid, but like, um, yeah, just, you just throw it out and it's, it's almost, you just, you just, continue on what's going
1: it's almost better that they miss the cut than they than they scrap around finishing yeah. 50th like they don't get anything out finishing 50th right like i guess you could argue yes you've made a cut and you've made and it feels good but you've then had the onslaught of brookline for two days i just don't need it
0: yeah so so i guess the only golfer that felt that way to me so obviously peter's played really really well but i view peter's differently like it was good <laughs> i i can never put my finger on like will bestling's game like i just i just can't do it and then here he is you know like top 25 top 30 hanging around going into the weekend playing decent like i thought that was good for him it doesn't change anything but maybe it's like okay he's one of those golfers that you feel just can't get over the line and and that could be something but yeah he was the only one out of you kind of see this laundry list um that, that played i mean even finishing 56 it's it's not too big of a deal but um Way um, open, though, right? Like, two rounds of yeah. 71
1: on a tough golf course, and yeah. even 74, he bounced back on Sunday from a 77 on Saturday. So he, he showed some good stuff. And to your point, I've just said finishing inside 50th means nothing. But to him, it does. Like, Soderbergh had a, one bad round and yeah. actually played well for most of it. Like, there's a couple that will get stuff out of it. Like, to to Richard Bland, I don't think he gets anything out of finishing 43rd because he's been there and done it before. Um Like, I don't know. Is like, I mean, like,
0: like yeah. yeah. That's probably like a renewed confidence for, for the way the state of his game is right now.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I think I think it would like best things like case, like he has a he has a good skill set and and one that stands out and, and he's put it use in a major, and that's really impressive.
0: Yep. Yep, for sure. If I think we're following down the odds boards, I didn't know exactly. I, I still have Gosh, I still got four times. So I, I'm going to roll into um, next golfer for me here, and it's one. One one of the things I'm trying to um, figure out as I as I dive into statistics, and and I think tour tips helps with with some of this stuff. Um, Is it, just like flashes, like in middles of rounds, or even like I mean, I don't want to really get into small sample sizes, but like you know it just feels like you've seen certain guys on top of leaderboards and you go and look like if you didn't watch, you probably didn't know Aaron wise had a good week at the U S open last week. You know, he's, but, but he was tied for first going out teeing off on the ninth hole on Saturday afternoon, you know, like, but you're not going to see that really in the stats. So like, this is, that's a huge stretch to the way I'm going now, but like I'm starting to see those flashes with Christopher Broberg again. And, And Broberg is a golfer who, Pretty much won out of absolutely nowhere, um, you know, last year. Um, and, and then turned into a like what I thought was a solid golfer for a little bit of stretch of time, and then turned into exactly what he was before that. Um, you know, and the only some of the underlying stats started to improve a little bit. Um, uh, but now you get a stretch where he's made three cuts in a row, and it was the first one being where he won last year. At the Dutch Open, finishes 14th, Shows some life with the irons. Porsche European Open, makes the cut, not, not, nothing pretty there. But Scandinavian mix, his irons were once again red hot. He was sniffing around the leaderboard for a little bit of time. And for somebody that we know has it in their bag of tricks, of 125 to one. And again, it's just your scoreboard watching. you're understanding where these guys get to in the middle of the rounds and maybe they throw it away late. But I think Broberg is, is flashing more than, than what he's given credit
1: of. Yeah, and like, uh, to your point, two out of the last three events, he's finished seventh and eighth in, in T to green and his last start finished seventh in strokes getting approach. So th- there's so much to like about him and he, and that's completely against what he did to win his last event, right? He just he just had a, an almighty passing week. But now you love to see like 14th and 22nd and a made cut in between. Like even if you haven't had your best stuff, like he, hadn't, he didn't have his best iron and all T green game that week and still made the cut. And, you know, it had yeah, two bad rounds, but like, it didn't really matter too much to him. Now um, you could argue that was in Germany and that's a little bit off putting, but it doesn't really bother me again. Like you've almost like, obviously you haven't, but you've almost looked at my drafts and then I've deleted it and you've carried on with them. Um, It's just great. Like it's good to have those guys in because it means that, you know, you talk about them and, and I don't have to so much, although I keep trying to sort of make this shorter and don't, but like, He's just a really good player, like to your point, you said about the bag of tricks. Like, we know his upside is a win. Um, and I, I believe he can do it even in this company.
0: Yeah, I think overall, that's um, it's just the best way to at least you're not gonna realize it unless you spend the, the time staring at shot tracker, like I tend to do every morning from 6 a.m. to about 11 a.m.
1: Until um, you should so, be working, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so um but um continuing i'm going to uh, i guess just talk it through how, how deep of odds are we getting here with ross fisher
1: ross fisher is 100 to 1 to me okay um, so i'll pass it so let's go with him so he's not made he's made the cut last two times that he's played here but he's got second and ninth an 11th and an 18th here and uh he's just shown that kind of flash of renaissance in 2022 and 15th and last, uh, 19th his past two starts and strokes can approach 18th last time out T to Green um, that's leaving him 6th in the field over the last 15 weeks uh, in Teeter Green he's lost in the playoff in Germany at the 2016 European Open uh, and he was 29th in that last time out so I just it's just uh, this is a really basic thing that you can say about basically all golfers but if he marries both parts of his games up just for one week like he'll be fine like he's putting, week, he's putting okay some weeks uh, and then generally terrible when he's hit the ball well and, and vice versa. Um, but 100 to 1, I still think there's value.
0: Yeah, you bet a lot of Ross Fisher this year. I know you have. Um, is,
1: is this, is this a, it's not quite a Guido situation, but it's it's getting there.
0: Yeah. Well, he's shown. I mean, wait. Well, it's not of a Wilson situation,
1: catching. I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's the, it's the English thing, right? I mean, I think I just, I've just seen. I guess I'm just putting too much stock in what I saw at Raz Elkheimer like 27 weeks ago and and feel like he's ready to win again. Um, But I I do think he can win. And, like, what a great story it would be for what we want to see from the DB World Tour is to someone of his storied past who's done it on both stages to actually go and win an event like this.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Here comes, I guess, what I think is just the bet that you just – you guess, you guess with off of talent. I mean, you haven't seen what well, I, if I go through here? Let, let me see.
1: Here this guy is one of those ones that, like, he's popped up on one of the most popular bets on checker and I've I've wondered what you and Brad have done. Uh, and all of a sudden, I am just about to find out.
0: Yeah. So Kazuki Higa, he is the seventh uh, ranked golfer in this field um, by OWGR ratings. He is eighty fourth in the world. Now, that comes from ripping up the, the Japanese golf tour this year to the tune of two victories, one coming earlier this month. Um, he had two other top 10s mixed in there, has not missed a cup, uh, played the Zozo, did not play it too well um, to, to end the fall last year. Um, kind of built up, I believe, from the Asian Development tour uh, earlier on in his career. Um, but, I mean, he's been kind of a longstanding guy uh, for the last kind of few years, on the, the Japanese golfers, 27 years old, and and again, you just haven't seen him on this stage before, and I I don't think OWGR classifies these golfers in the correct manner of what their ranking are. That's that's obvious, but who knows how his talent is? And, and I, as always, I make these bets on golfers with. Similar, if not worse form, on uh, definite worst tours at similar odds. So he opened this morning, one of the craziest things I've seen. So DraftKings Sportsbook opened him at 300 to 1. Okay. He's 130. The best number is 130 right now because DraftKings went from 300 to 100 to 45 to 1 in the matter of about 30 minutes. And then they boosted him all the way back to 130. And i have still now the longest odds here in the state side. Um, for it so i I think he's available most places 80 to 130 80 to 100 i think that's just that's just that range where where you're able to to put a few on and and guess at this talent and and somebody who's clearly can win um on his own tour so i'm willing to take that back
1: but you just you have we've done it all year right we've talked about asian tour guys and Ju Young Kim finished inside the top 25 uh last week when he was, it was open. One shot offside the top 14 in, in a you know field with Patrick Cantlay, Adam Scott, you know, Zander Schauffele, people like that. Uh, Guido Migliozzi, um, and also in that was like Todd Sinnott, who who is another guy that was 31st, plays well on the Asian score. So this this form does translate and we always talk about what does a 31st of the US Open mean to dropping down to a TP World Tour event? And what does a 23rd from Julian King mean? mean? And we're not talking about that from your guy, but like his form is like that, if you know what I mean. So he's playing so well on a Japanese tour that, like we've seen it before, we've seen a Japanese tour player win a major like in Todd Hamilton. That's a long time ago, but like, people discount Japanese touring. It, it does generally seem to pay off that you see these guys come over um, and, and it does sort of, does sort of translate into a good finish. So uh, I would, I think the price is obviously coming down to a point where like they're, they're scared to take the bets on him, but like, it's, it's all good.
0: Yep. Yep. I think it's fair. Um, uh, before we get into our, our last couple selections here at, at really deep odds, want to make sure if you are somebody who prefers audio format, um, if you're looking to uh, listen to us on your commutes, Please find us at Fantasy Golf or no, Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, the Mix, uh, Mayo Media Network. You can find us anywhere on any of those audio uh, platforms that you use. Rate, review, subscribe goes a long way for us, especially as we hit um, kind of the heat of the summer here uh, for the DP World Tour. It's going to be a lot of conversations. Uh, Please uh, give us uh, some some love there, it goes a long way for us. Now, both of us, if if you talk about me finishing your drafts, I think you're finishing nine here. Um, we, we mentioned this golfer many of times this, this season, way more than he deserves. Oh yeah, he doesn't, of he doesn't deserve to
1: say a time. No,
0: but why are you going back to the Paul Waringwell?
1: I'm going back to the Paul Waring. Well, because I just believe I deserve a good finish out of him. Like I just I just think that he's going to be two one every week because what he does is he finishes tenth and then he'll miss the cut. And it seems to be that I get really excited about it with 201 and he misses the cut. And then the week later he's just one and makes the top 10. Um he missed the cut when I bet him at the Dutch Open and, and put him up for this, but he missed the cut by two shots. He then went to the European Open again, two shots. Like it's not, you know, it's not uh, detrimental to his game. Goes to the Scandinavian mix and finishes in 10th place, ninth among the men. Um he improved his round by three shots from rounds one to two so he put himself really behind the eight ball uh, to start the week and then he just got one shot better every day um he's got this you know y- you talk about what kind of skill set suits him he's a guy that can get it out there a long way now that's one of the things he did to the game uh but also as that kind of tidy can get a hot streak with the irons um and he's been passing a little bit better incrementally as well and and that's probably why he's not missing cuts by five or six. Now he's missing them by two. Uh, and maybe that's not enough for me to, to say he's going to win, but like at 200 to one or, or you know, whatever it is the odds that you can get him over there. Like there's just plenty to like about Paul Waring as, in terms of a player, an upside and, and this golf course where he's finished 10th the 11th.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think he's very fair in on that. And I already have a long betting card and, and he's probably one that feel that I've just leaving off and I'm going with somebody Right in the similar um, odds range. And uh 250 to one for Ricardo Gouvet. Uh and this is again a little bit of I wouldn't even say you had to scoreboard watch. Again, if you mention what Tour Tips kind of does, they make it really easy to see that that uh finishing round position, um, you know, along the way. So you can see that Gouvet was, you know, our, our leader going into the weekend of the Dutch Open. I mean, he opens with You know, I believe it was a 68 and then a 66, didn't play too well on the weekend, still ends up finishing in seven. The next week out on the European Open, wasn't that pretty next to cut. And then last week, um, you see his closing final 54 holes were quite strong. 69, 71, 72 kind of made his way, just kind of powered through. But when I see a golfer literally come out of nowhere, you you know, he he was in almost zero bit of form um, prior to being that 36 hole leader. Um, and then he goes, makes another cut, and then he comes out the Scandinavian mix and he's lights out with his irons. Best iron play we've kind of seen of him. Um, and it almost I guess I want to see, I want to go back to this kind of comparison here as I pull up. You know, I wouldn't say that. Like, It kind of reminds me of what Roeberg did last year, um, a little bit where there wasn't any form, and it it was a little bit injury-related. And then he made three cuts in a row, and he missed the cut really bad, and then he kind of made a cut, and then he he won. Like, there's finally a little bit of life in there, and, and we can't forget that, you know, Guve was, you know, outside of, I mean, he's probably the number three, maybe two prospect coming, not prospect, but like coming off of the challenge tour last year. Um, you know, almost got through with the, the three wins, made his only cut last year in the DP World Tour when he played. I mean, he was really, really good uh, on the DP or on the challenge tour. So I think showing those life signs of life, getting back to what we kind of know about him 250 to one, I think there is just um, that that's kind of my explanation of, of finding a long shot.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, again, you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you that he was someone I started writing up <laughs> and then took him out, but like, so, you know, you say he's number two or three, but he was did he did he get Battlefield promotion? I'm pretty sure, or did he get two? No,
0: I think he only he had two. Um,
1: and he finished second, I think. Yeah, like, so, so
0: the battlefield was the, the, the last event. I've been trying to put this off as long as possible, but Marcus Halikadid won the all three events. You know, he won the last one that was the end of the season. So he was the one that was number one. Oh, so he won the Italian
1: been. challenge, the Maiden Isbo challenge, finished second at the Rolex tour grand final and third the week before. So he had and third the British. So he had two really good opportunities, three really yeah. good opportunities to get that third uh win.
0: He almost did it three weeks in a row.
1: Yeah. And like again to your point, like it's come out of nowhere a little bit but he had the 26th for the Castle Championship. He's just he's a guy that is, is on the fringe, right? He's a really, really good challenge tour golfer and and maybe not consistent enough to to flash every week on the DP World tour. But seventh 70th 28th and like that european open again i would to throw anything out because that's a, that's a tournament it's in germany etc but like that was a really tough week like we saw some horrendous scores uh at the european open so i'm pretty happy to say that like you know maybe just got a little bit funky on the day that he had about i think he shot an 80 on the third round um you come back, about I always like to see like they shot an eighty, and they come back and shoot seventy-two the next day. Like that's a pretty good sign that the game's probably there. So it's um, all the guys that come out of the clouds, and you know, if you actually look on OWGR, Mark Warren won the Scandinavian mix because you know they don't actually reward it to Lynn Grant. Um Three hundred odds to one, but uh, yeah, I think I think Bouvier is probably more uh, more reliable.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm going to round us out one last selection here um we're getting into the the four digits we've touched the three digits time that, that's nothing we're going four once again per usual we're to dip our toes into there I, I said top 20 when i said no to that but there was no way i was not gonna at least you i said one coffee you said two coffees on uh, yannick the broom um looking at a golfer that we see i mean these guys it's funny because like um you know each year we kind of get some of the similar guys in these germany events i was like oh i remember talking about him last year he missed a cut by seven <laughs> uh you know but they are improving year over year um and i think with the brun um, what really really stood out again he's had a, a decent year on the pro golf tour um so far um uh, but last week he got his third start on the challenge Tour this season t8 and for, so it's first time out there if you look at the porsche european open hit a, a mile, you know, left and right off the tee. But his iron recovery shots were very good in two rounds that he played there. But really, I'm just kind of focusing on what he did uh, in a sense, kind of his closing round uh, of challenge, tool, which just kind of stood out to me here. So if you look, again, that T8, and he shot a, a Sunday 64 so that 64 you know made him a, a decent chunk up there he had a 67 on friday um and then overall you know that was there was one of the 63 on sunday then there was a 64 by him then the next best round was 67 so these guys just absolutely you know lapped the field um so to to see a pulse out of somebody who's a thousand to one who hopefully we can get 50, maybe even get a 50 to 1 T20, 40 to 1, T20. Like I would, I would take some of that. I'm probably gonna be, you know, majority of exposure on a on a deeper T20. But yeah, I think there's just enough in that number. I also I I've looked left and right for him in the field. I thought he was in the field and then he must have withdrew. Uh Freddie Schott, who was also um in I think the last event, I think he made the cut. Um would have been recently it would have been freddie scott made the cut at the uh porsche european open who was okay there he was fourth in that he closed with a 64 60 60 he opened 66 64 67 so like some of these german guys are, are kind of popping a little bit scott i don't think he's in the field anymore he's not an entry list but definitely in on under yeah
1: and to me like he shot a 78 in the second round to miss that cut by one like he actually yeah. opened up pretty you know Decently, and like you say, that you, you've taken all the points out because I was just looking at why it was that you liked him. Other than the miscutter in Germany, it was that tied eight last week and the, the final round sixty four. And I was just about to say it was the best buy a, a stretch, and then you see David Boodoo or whatever David is from Wales that picked him by one shot. But like, that's a really strong finish. Like, I, don't, I don't really care whether you're out of contention or whatever. Like people tend to to write those off, and I just factored them in. Like it's it's a great thing. Like it's not it wasn't out of character. He shot sixty seven. Uh, in round two, he had a disappointing Saturday um, and, and that's it, right? You know, what, what more do you need to see out of a player of his stature uh, to throw a coffee at him? I mean, you know, that maybe two. Um, the top 20 is the, is the better way to do it. There's no doubting that. Um, would I be surprised if he's in contention on Sunday? Yes, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is right amongst the, uh, the cup line and then, you know, anything can happen from there. Choose a 64 on the
0: we've had a thousand to one shot make it into mid morning on Saturday where we thought there was a chance of it each way so we yeah we've he died
1: but he he's actually dead now but he uh you know it, it was a good rub
0: yeah I mean we had we had a shot there um Okay, let's close it up. Let's go back through our cards. You can go first.
1: Yeah, so Bert Wiesberger for me at 25 to 1. Pablo de about 35 to 1. Schneider, I think, is a little bit shorter over there, but he's 100 to 1 over here. I think maybe 60 or 80 to 1 with you guys. Uh, Ross Fischer 100 to 1. And Paul Waring 200 to 1. Uh, just because I like punishment.
0: Oliver Becker for me 40 to 1. Nicholas Norgard Moller 80. Shiro Kawamura 95, Christopher Broberg, 125 to 1, Kazuki Higa 130 to 1, Ricardo Gouve 250, Yannick De Bruyne 1000 to 1 we'll get that top 20 there. Um and I would I would definitely say take a listen um to your Peter Uline podcast lost for words. I, I already see the Twitter mentions lighting up as we go here. I I think it's um I think it's it's just interesting. I, I'm having a lot, of, a lot of thoughts and I think some some interesting comments already coming back from them, from people we respect and follow. And I think uh, not that I, I think I can agree with a, a lot of what's being said already. And it's just like, okay, does that impact of positive on the DP World Tour from a popularity standpoint mean the best thing for the tour for some of these players to, to our conversation? It's just a very interesting development that's going to continue to happen. Um, sad in indefinite ways and, and hopeful to keep the, the dream alive for, for many of the golfers that we just love.
1: What I would say about Peter Uline is he's very pro DP world tour. Like just to give a little snippet of, of the podcast, he was trying to get his card back before COVID. He was trying to get back onto the European tour. He missed playing the European tour. Um, as we know, the best, best parts of his career came from there. He obviously just won on the corn ferry last year, missed out on a playoff uh, earlier this season as well, but he's always felt more comfortable playing in Europe and uh not, you know, look. You you can believe his uh, motives all you like. He he doesn't hide away from the reason that he took uh, took the offer. Um, there's there's already a lot of negativity as we're we're talking through the podcast, but that's absolutely fine. You're not going to change people's minds, as I said. Um, I would just implore that you listen to what he says uh, before you sort of discount it. Um, he's always been a guy that's probably been written off a little bit just because of who his dad is and things like that. Um, and I actually respect a lot of what he's done throughout his career. So. Um, that's pretty much my cell, I think, I think he, you know, if nothing else, he's very candid and honest, which is all you can really ask from someone.
0: Yeah, I definitely will be listening here. Um, so wish everyone the, the best of luck this week. We have a, a big stretch. So we have the Irish Open. I can't believe the Irish Open's already next week.
1: Um, yeah, that's massive. Scottish
0: to Open to follow and then the Open Championship. I mean, it's a short runway that we have here digging in. that The event uh, is a strong field. Next week, you mentioned – uh fitzy's brother Alex is teeing it up next week at the Irish. Maybe we'll do some on uh, on course commentary on uh, the PM Wave after he tees off. But no, I'm excited uh, <laughs> he, he will be doing that. Ahead. Uh
1: yeah. he, he loves a chat. So um I haven't actually seen the the field for that yet, but I'm assuming it's pretty strong. I am guessing larry's coming back over um and and the guys that we've seen in the majors recently playing.
0: Yeah, Seamus Power uh teeing up.
1: Uh, like that.
0: One of the the better major players out there yeah. so far this year. So cool. Well, uh, we'll sign off here. Uh, Good week. I know it was a long, long conversation today. We'll continue continue to have some of our probably longer pods of the year uh, next few weeks. So best of luck, everybody. And we'll catch you next week.